When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thank you for listening. What a busy first 24 hours with the transfer portal window opening. It has been SMU football's already gained a commitment for its roster in the class of uh, this transfer portal wave. Uh, and we'll touch on that, a Dallas native returning to the Lone Star State to finish out his college career. Also, Rhett Lashley and his staff have extended a few offers. We'll touch on those. We'll also tease a little bit of uh, who SMU is pushing for in the transfer portal. Uh, some big names that are out there that SMU is in good position early on. Some public, some not so public. We're going to touch on all of that. And I want to lead off with news that West Virginia cornerback Charles Woods is transferring to SMU for his final year of college eligibility. The Dallas Kimball product was a one-time SMU commit before ending up at West Virginia. That was the transfer portal class that brought Jahari Rogers into the fold for the SMU secondary. That was when Charles Woods decided to go elsewhere. Uh, he ended up going to West Virginia where, look, he had some bright spots. He had some not-so-bright spots. He missed a lot of the 2022 season with an ankle injury uh, that – you know, hampered him and caused him to shut it down after four games to preserve this final season of eligibility. Uh, he played for two seasons with the Mountaineers. He entered this season as a first-team All-Big 12 preseason pick, uh, and he was uh, tops on Pro Football Focus's list of, um, I believe it was something like um, pass, pass completion percentage, so one of the best corners uh, in the Big 12 in that respect from the 2021 season. Played in 11 games, 36 tackles, two tackles for loss, two picks, one of which, uh, as Joe Hoyt tweeted out uh, on Monday night, was against Max Duggan. Two fumble recoveries and six pass breakups. Uh, this is somebody that I think when you look at what SMU needed, they needed to bring in a veteran at the position who's got size at 6'1". Uh, he's already played a ton of football. He played at Illinois State, so he's got ties to Keenan Hall as well there. Um, Ricky Hundley did some good work on this front as well. So a target right from the get-go. Uh, he entered as a, as a transfer, a graduate transfer. And look, we reported on On the Pony Express that SMU was going to push. I put my on three recruiting prediction machine pick in for the Mustangs. And quickly thereafter, uh, he jumped on board with this 2023 class. Uh, I believe... He'll be here in January, so that'll be a big plus. I'm not so sure on that. Uh, I've reached out to Charles to talk with him a little bit more about his decision, um, but he is on board uh, for SMU in the secondary now in 2023. This is really important with Armani Johnson uh, using up the rest of his eligibility. We'll see if anybody else goes elsewhere. Uh, but look, this is a secondary that needed help, and you get somebody uh, who's got talent, uh, and, you know, as long as he stays healthy and people, you know, noted that on our message board, last year was the first year that he really had any, you know, injury bug. He had an ankle injury. Uh, he ended up sitting out the rest of the year. Um, and so now he's going to be healthy 
and ready to go, but he doesn't have any sort of, you know, history of, of having injuries. So if he could stay healthy, that'll be huge for SMU. Um, they are going after more defensive backs in the secondary. We've touched on a lot of different names in the past coming from the Juco ranks, guys like Bishop Fitzgerald, Matthew Littlejohn, Ben Osuki, uh, who uh, is supposed to take an official visit this month to SMU. He was on campus for the Memphis game. Um, and also they're trying to line up those visits with Bishop Fitzgerald and Matthew Littlejohn. And we'll, we'll have updates on those guys as we get them. But one name that has become public, another one-time SMU commit, Jonathan McGill, Stanford defensive back. He was a captain for the Cardinal this past year. With the news that David Shaw is now out as Stanford coach, he is looking to play his final two seasons of eligibility elsewhere. Um, and there are a lot of people in SMU's corner on this one. I'll say that. He's expected to take an official visit to SMU this weekend uh, where Craig Niver and that staff will look to lock him down. I know Baylor is pushing hard for Jonathan McGill to try to change things, which is you know, worth noting, I, I do feel like as he enters the portal, SMU sits in a good spot uh, and we'll see how the, the visit goes this weekend. But you've got to like where SMU stands early on here for Jonathan McGill. Again, a guy that can come back uh, home, played his uh, played his high school ball at Coppell, was one of the top prospects uh, in the area and just a playmaker all over the place. So an undersized guy at 5'9", but he could really factor in right away. Uh, in SMU's defense if he were to end up uh, with the Mustangs and, you know, has has put out some of his tape on his Twitter. And you've got to like his playmaking, playmaking ability, a knack for being around the football, and just a great uh, person in general. I, I really enjoyed covering Jonathan McGill as a, a high school recruit. Uh, SMU was in his final schools. Stanford came in late and ended up getting him. We know uh, if you were back with us at that point at 24-7, Covered that. It was tough. Uh, he was an SMU commit and, and Stanford comes in late and, and is ended ended up, you know, getting him on board, um, you know, in that recruiting class. He ended up having a great career for Stanford. I mean, he really did. And, and I think this is somebody that if SMU can get on board, you're looking at this secondary pretty differently in a way. You have Brandon Crosley who could come back. Uh, Brian Massey could come back. Those are two guys you're going to look for a step in the right direction as far as improvement, especially Brian Massey. We saw Ahmad Moses start the last game of the season for SMU against Memphis, uh, and his future looks really bright. Um, SMU is also after Adrian Wilson, the Colorado commit, who was on campus for an official visit this past weekend. So I'm really interested to see how they can continue to revamp the secondary. I think a good mix of transfer, JUCO, and uh, you know, adding a guy like Adrian Wilson late in the process uh, would be a great haul for SMU. And I don't think they'll be done. I think they'll continue to address that position, especially the cornerback room. Uh, you have added now Charles Woods. You want to add another guy who could come in and compete right away for a starting job. If you're Charles Woods, you're looking at this as a one-year showcase for the NFL. If he can put together a really solid season, uh, that'll help his draft stock, which was high going into 2022 before the season. So with Jonathan McGill, he's kind of in the same boat, has two years, would be looking to get a really nice degree from SMU if he ended up at SMU, uh, and then, you know, try his talents at the NFL. He's obviously an undersized guy, so he'll have that, you know, kind of being held against him, but um, he'll be back with his uh, trainer back home who can, you know, work with him a little bit more uh, throughout not only the offseason, but 
um, you know, just during the season with tune-ups and things like that too. A lot of these guys have those type of trainers uh, around and especially in the DFW area, they're, they're plentiful. So uh, he'll look to come back home is kind of what it seems like right now between Baylor and SMU. I know TCU is kind of poking around there. It'll be really interesting to see um, how things go with Jonathan McGill because SMU sat in a really good spot when he entered the portal. And I haven't heard anything to change my opinion of that. Now, another one is Joe Hoyt reported. Uh, we were trying to hold this one until he was on campus this weekend. But Stanford offensive lineman and teammate with Jonathan McGill, Drake Metcalf, entered the transfer portal as a graduate transfer uh, after the news that David Shaw was out, played in all 12 games for the Cardinal, um, and started against Notre Dame this year. Uh, he is somebody that you know came out in the 2020 cycle out of St. John Bosco, which is where? SMU wide receiver Jake Bailey went to high school. So he's got that free COVID year uh, that that he has taken off um, and then played uh, this season, obviously played in all uh, all all the games or played in, um, excuse me, 11 uh, games for the Cardinal, or all 12 games, sorry, and started um, for the Cardinal. Sorry, I'm just kind of looking through uh, the notes on I have on him. He played in all 12 games as a sophomore in 2021 and then started uh, this season against Notre Dame. So I would believe he would have three years of eligibility remaining if that's the case. Uh, that would be somebody that you could circle, you know, as a plug and play uh, transfer. If you're Garen Justice looking for help in that regard, you know, he played center, which is, you know, a position that I think could use a look. Uh, he's played guard. Uh, he's very versatile in that respect along the interior. So it would be really, really key for SMU if they were able to get him on board as well. Uh, he's somebody that uh, he'll have three years of eligibility remaining, which is important. You get a multi-year guy if you can get him on board. And if you can get Jonathan McGill on board, you've got to feel good about your chances with Drake Metcalf, especially considering Jake Bailey's there as well. Um, so SMU is going to bring at least those two guys in for official visits this weekend. We're also going to drop news today at OnThePonyExpress.com that they're adding another official visitor this weekend, uh, confirmed with him that he is coming to town to check out Dallas um, at a position of need. So be sure to subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. Take a seven-day free trial. Check it out. Uh, we posted seven transfer stories alone yesterday, um, and also news on high school prospects is, is flowing on the board where the coaching staff is out at um, recruiting guys, both from the high school, JUCO, and transfer rate rankings. So be sure to check out the site if you haven't already. Um, and we still have free Founders Club hats available for you guys if you guys subscribe. So check that out. Um, those are two that we're going to be watching really closely this weekend. Um, SMU is really going full bore on this transfer portal front. Um, as they are trying to rebuild this roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball, really, um, you see Drake Metcalf, an offensive lineman. They're kicking around uh, some other positions that need to be upgraded. So, again, we dropped some notes. I mean, a trio of former four-star prospects uh, that you guys are going to want to check out. Uh, those are for our subscribers, and we're kind of updating those with notes as we get them on those players. So be sure to check that out. Um, a few offers that we can talk about on the podcast today. Uh, for SMU, uh, they offered one uh, last uh, yeah, early morning, late morning. 
Joshua Eaton, a Houston native who announced he's transferring from Oklahoma. He entered the portal. Uh, SMU offered him right away. He played in four games for the Sooners in 2022. He has three years of eligibility remaining. We talked about trying to upgrade this secondary. He's another one that could help in that regard. In 2020, he played in five games, making four tackles. In 2021, he played in 10, making three tackles. He hadn't really necessarily clicked getting into a starting role with Oklahoma and say what you want about defense at Oklahoma from time to time. Uh, it's It can be tough, of course, to, uh, to break through. Um, but three years of eligibility remaining, that's a positive when you look at Joshua Eaton. And again, he has size. And I think that's something that when we've kind of followed the transfer additions over the course of the last couple of years, I think from time to time that's been missing in the secondary. They've they've gotten a guy like a Sam Westfall. They've gotten a guy like Jahari Rogers, but that big corner until this past offseason with Kavaris Hall, who was kind of nicked up here and there, didn't break through that they like they had hoped, I think he would during his first year at SMU. They need more size. They need guys that can be physical. Um, and and really match up against some of these good wide receivers in the league. So um, Joshua Eaton was a big offer that went out. Another former four-star prospect that got an offer was Texas A&M edge transfer Tunmai Zadeli. Uh, he's a former Katie Tompkins. Uh, yep, Katie Tompkins standout. Uh, he was a top 50 overall prospect in the country. He was a part of a really talented defensive line at, at uh, Texas A&M. They signed the best defensive line class, honestly, in history of recruiting in the modern era. Last year, he he was a starter right off the bat, played in two games, got hurt. He had seven tackles and four pressures on the quarterback in those two games. When he returned from injury, he had kind of been passed up. Um, so that was kind of a tough deal. I believe he was hurt as a freshman, didn't play in any games uh, at all. So he is somebody that would have, again, three years of eligibility remaining. Um, Calvin Thibodeau recruited him at Oklahoma. Uh, really talented player who could kind of be versatile along the defensive line. I think I could see him fitting in more of that maybe Devere Levelston type role. They're still recruiting, uh, you know, guys in the middle um, to to stack that position up. They they probably have four offers out. Another one that went out, uh, and we t- I think we talked about it on last week's podcast. But Anthony Goodlow. 6'4", 286-pound defensive lineman out of Tulsa. Uh, He started three years um, for the Golden Hurricane. He redshirted in 2018, played in 12 games in 2019. He had his free year in 2020 when he had five starts. In 2021, he also had five starts. Um, So I'm looking at it like he's going to have one year of eligibility remaining. He played in 2022 and really had a terrific year. 44 tackles, eight tackles for loss, two sacks. Um, and again, is a part of a, a culture that, you know, plays really hard defensively. So you want to bring in a guy like that um, as well. So uh, he's out of Dell City, Oklahoma. I do know Calvin Thibodeau's familiar with him. Um, so that is another one that they offered last week. They also offered Andre Carter um, and no, not uh, the former LSU defensive lineman or, or the LSU defensive line coach or Miami defensive lineman um, that I covered in the past year. Uh, but Andre Carter entered the transfer portal, um, and he is somebody that would add a major boost in size in the middle. Had 70 tackles, 13 of which went for loss, seven sacks, an interception, 11 quarterback hurries in 2022. Uh, he's been productive throughout his whole career um, up there at Western Michigan. 
And, you know, I think you look at somebody like that and I think SMU is going to have some serious competition to land him. Uh, but uh, they did extend the offer. He picked up a few on um, a few on Monday as he entered the portal. Um, looking at him, he's I believe he's going to be uh, somebody that has one year remaining. He started his college career all the way back in 2018. So uh, they are looking for immediate help. I do know one of the goals of the staff when it when it comes to some of these transfer targets, especially on defense, is they really want them to to be um, veterans. They they need that boost. Uh, they're losing Jimmy Phillips. They are you know they lost Junior Aho. You don't know what you have with Stephon Wright. You lose Armani Johnson. You lose Nick Roberts. You lose some guys that contributed contributed to SMU and were certainly at the very least rotation as well as some starters. And you've got to get older on this defense because it needs a quick fix. They do have some guys coming up in this class that they really like. You look at Damian Wimberly, you look at Brandon Maizano. Um, there are others in this class, Alex Kilgore, that they really like. Uh, but those guys are going to need time to develop. Uh, some of the younger guys that they took in the portal, like a Cam Farrar, Jaquandis Burns, you don't know if they're going to take that next step. Um, they're going to have to go and find a lot of veterans. That's why they're going Chuko. That's why they're going transfer. Uh, they're looking around for some best available. We talked about Adrian Wilson, the Colorado commit, as well as Kevin Allen, uh, 2023 defensive lineman. It's kind of a couple high school prospects that are on the board. I would imagine with some of the coaching turnover, they're also looking at some guys that may have been committed elsewhere, kick the tires on those and see if they can't get them. Um, and I'll say this as I kind of transition, because I think I've kind of run down pretty much all the happenings uh, from Monday uh, that we can really talk about. We spoke with Rhett Lashley yesterday uh, on his New Mexico Bowl um, conference call. And SMU's not, SMU got a, a practice in over the weekend. They might have gotten two, but they definitely got one practice in. Um, and they are you know, going to kind of take it slow this week as far as practice. It sounds like the guys are working out and focused on finals. Then they'll get back into it on Friday um, because the staff will be back for official visits this weekend. So they're going to get back into it on Friday and start preparing for the New Mexico Bowl against BYU. BYU loses its defensive coordinator. Um, you know, they parted ways, I believe it was. I'm not sure if he got fired or left, but they've also had a couple guys going to the portal. They're, one of their top tight ends went in the portal. Um, so they're kind of a, a, a group that's in flux. SMU uh, will kind of close with talking about some of the departures uh, via the transfer portal for SMU as well um, to kind of, round that all off. Um, we did get one, uh, that, um, you know, we found, uh, that entered the portal on uh, Tuesday morning, which wasn't too surprising. Um, uh, but as far as the BYU preparations go, it's a hard line to walk guys. I mean, you're looking at losing an entire official visit weekend for SMU because they're playing in this New Mexico bowl, which is December 17th. The transfers couldn't go and take visits until the 8th. So it is compact into a window that they are having to get creative and they're having to prioritize transfer recruiting. I mean, it's just the reality of it. BYU doesn't take many transfers. So I know somebody posted that they've been practicing and trying to take advantage of as many practices as you can get. But, you know, on the flip side, SMU's dinged up. You know, they didn't have Kamar Wheaton, Tanner Mordecai, you know, played through broken ribs, Rasheed Rice, broken toe. There are some guys that are that are trying to get healthy. They're also trying to focus on finals. They're 
doing exit meetings with these guys um, as well. So um, it is a tough line to walk. I don't think that, you know, three extra practices, let's just say, is going to change how this team shows up to the New Mexico Bowl. And I'm sorry if you think that three practices are going to change it. If they were practicing this week as we're recording this podcast, I just don't think so. They're treating it like we have an extended week to prepare for BYU. The coaches have looked at BYU. They're looking at it while they're on the road uh, recruiting. They've got the iPads. They're doing their game planning while they're logging those miles on the recruiting trail. I know some of the staff is out of the state right now recruiting transfers because you can't sacrifice this time to get three extra practices in. You just can't do it when you're SMU. So we'll see. It is all about approaching it with the mindset of let's go win the game. I don't think three extra practices are going to change whether SMU catches the football, whether they learn to tackle. Um, And you're also seeing a a group that is going to get a lot of work in over these practices because we've already seen, as we'll run down, there are at least, I want to say, five guys who have transferred out already, um, probably more. Um, And we'll kind of run down those names here at the end. Um, But SMU lost some depth. So they're going to get some of these guys extra work over the course of these practices. We know there are guys that got hurt as well, um, you know, and and are out for the rest of the season. Ben Redding, Terrence Newman, uh, they can't play. So um, SMU is prioritizing the transfer portal. They have to go recruit these guys, recruit their families, recruit their high school coaches, talk to college coaches uh, that have coached them and, and build that rapport to get these guys done for the class of 2023 and the, the 2023 season and beyond. So um, it is a absolute sprint. It's brutal. Um, if you're SMU, you wish you were playing in like the Gasparilla Bowl on December 23rd. You could have had that second official visit weekend with transfers and even some of these high school and JUCO guys and been able to, you know, go for it. But reality is, um, you know, they don't have that. So they're 11 days away from playing the game right now. They're going to get back to it and kind of go with it as, okay, we're, we've got an extended week to kind of get back to the basics, work these guys in. They'll go to the bowl site on Wednesday. So they'll practice here in Dallas and then go there on Wednesday. Then they'll have another practice and then a walkthrough. And then you play the game, which has been flexed uh, to the evening as well. So um, it's just a hard time of the year. There's probably, if, if you're looking for, you know, if I think they're approaching this the wrong way, I don't. I, I don't. I, I've always said that bowl games are about which team shows up with the right mindset. I don't think um, giving your guys finals week, I don't think giving uh, your staff time to recruit and go in home with commits and go in home with transfers and JUCO targets is a bad thing relative to preparing those extra couple days. Because otherwise, I mean, the transfer portal literally opened on Monday. So they have a week and two days to do all their transfer recruiting, basically, because I'm pretty sure it goes dead, uh, just like it goes dead uh, for the, um, the high school prospects uh, on Sunday. So it goes, it goes dead on Sunday, December 18th for the high school prospects, and I believe it goes dead for transfers and JUCO guys too. So it's a sprint to the finish. It's a hard line to walk. Um, and we'll see. It's all about mindset and extra days of practice um, to, you know, taking two full weeks to practice isn't going to change whether or not this team shows up. 
I'm not saying they are going to show up. I'm not saying they're 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 not uh, going to be ready to go either. It, it's it's just a mindset thing. And so going to New Mexico, playing a BYU team that's a really tough opponent, that should be the focus. And when those guys get back to work and really start game planning, that should be what the focus is. And it doesn't matter if you take all 15 practices or if you take 10. So with that, we're going to run down the transfer portal guys um, that SMU lost. Uh, TJ McDaniel was the one on Tuesday morning that entered as of the time of me recording this podcast. I'll check it one more time before uh, we get off the pod. But look, I, TJ, you know, just what a what a tough, you know, kind of career he had. He broke out as a freshman, um, looked really promising uh, as a third third leading rusher in that 2019 season. That 2020 season, he was doing well. And he had that awful leg injury, cost him the entire 2021 season. He comes back has some success here or there, but ends up, uh, you know, finishing, I believe about 250 yards rushing this season, playing a backup role behind Trey Siggers at times, Velton Gardner at times, Kamar Wheaton at times, certainly Tyler Levine late in the season. So I think he saw the writing on the wall time for a fresh start. You know, Rhett Lasher is somebody who recruited him to SMU when he was here the first time. So you would have thought if he was in the plans long-term SMU would have really prioritized him getting the ball I don't think he was ever really the same. You saw some flashes here or there, but nothing to really say he was going to overtake uh, a Tyler Levine next year, a Kamar Wheaton next year, Velton Gardner next year, uh, as long as he gets healthy and in shape. Um, and both of those guys with Kamar and, and, and Velton. But then you're going to try to bring in another running back here. Um, and it wouldn't shock me either if they find a way to, you know, get a running back in the port or in the high school ranks. You know, again, one of those guys that is committed elsewhere doesn't like the direction of the staff and is looking around. So we'll see what happens as they address that position. But TJ McDaniel um, is one that entered the portal. Uh, Ty Levine is coming back for another season. For those who are wondering, he didn't end up walking for senior day. So I think that kind of slammed the door shut on uh, TJ's kind of future. One name that we dropped as well early on and on the PonyExpress.com was Travion Sneed. Entered the portal, um, played in three games uh, this past year or uh, as a freshman, and then uh, played in six in 2022, uh, made one tackle. He was somebody in camp that honestly looked like he was kind of on the up, uh, that he was going to carve out a role as an edge rusher. Um, he was getting after it. But I think as guys like Isaiah Smith and Jalen Samuels were certainly out for a bit in fall camp, uh, Jaden Jones and, and those guys kind of turned the corner. And Nelson Paul, uh, we saw Travion Sneed, you know, just end up getting relegated to a backup role. And uh, so all the best to him. I love Travion Sneed as a high school player, uh, played both sides for Mineola, but you know, his size I, and, and ending up at defensive end, it just probably seemed like he was going to eventually, you know, move on to uh, another stop. And so uh, he went public with that on Monday morning, entering the portal, Darren Brown. Um, I didn't see him walk on senior day, but I, he has one year of eligibility remaining. So I always felt like he was going to drop down, maybe find another place to uh, go. He played a lot down the stretch, actually, for SMU, especially once Terrence Newman uh, went out with the injury. I think around the USF game, he really started playing a lot. Um, eight tackles in 26 games. He was here a long, long time. Uh, but he uh, he was part of, I believe, the Sunny, first Sunny Dykes recruiting class. So uh, Darren is a great guy. Always liked. Um, so best of luck to him. Another one that was always liked, but just never put it together. Calvin Wiggins walked on senior day, um, had one catch, 13 yards, played in 18 games. He had a couple key drops that really ended up killing uh, his opportunity to play. They looked the part. They tried moving him around. 
Um, and it just never came together. He was a key special teamer for SMU this year. Um, so best of luck to Calvin Wiggins. He's on the move. Chase Cromartie went public with what we reported that he was on the move. Um, and Jaden Lawton, cornerback, uh, who uh, left the team early this year as a true freshman, is uh, on the move as well. So that makes it uh, – oh, and then one more, Trey Fight. Uh, never played in a game for SMU. He was a three-star out of Tatum. Again, I think a, a deep defensive end, uh, edge rusher spot, uh, probably caused him to move on. Uh, he just I, – I didn't really ever hear too much about him uh, making a move. So um, best of luck to Trey. I know him and his dad and 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 Cullen really well. His brother who's a commit – or who's a uh, 2023 prospect right now who just decommitted from Arizona State. Uh, best of luck to him. Always a good one. And, and uh, remember jumping on the phone with him. Uh, I'd actually been been out and about with some friends. And so talked with Cullen, talked with uh, Trey and his dad and all that um, when he was ready to make his commitment to SMU. So best of luck to Trey, uh, who makes one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven pro uh, players who have entered the transfer portal officially for SMU. Uh, so we will be tracking that. There will be more. Um, again, Monday was the first day they could enter the portal. I'm interested to see which guys maybe, you know, there's a 45-day window that you can enter the transfer portal. And I'm not sure how it works on the back end of things, but there could be some that end up getting to that second semester and entering then. I, again, I don't know if the days work out with that I know the staff uh is working through a lot of that there are some players that you know can graduate in the spring and move on you know Darren Brown for example graduated last April or last May so some of that is probably a little bit of finagling with all right well let's get this kid his degree and allow allow him to do that because we'll have spots at the mid-year to allow him to do that and it helps with APR and things like that too um, so we'll kind of monitor that. There are some names that I think make a lot of sense that'll move on. And we've seen that so far, all the guys that SMU's lost make a lot of sense. Um, you know, TJ's the only one that you kind of thought, okay, well maybe he would come back, um, and give it another go, but he's been here a long time already. So, um, best of luck to TJ, uh, and the rest of the guys as they move forward with their careers elsewhere. Um, SMU is still churning up, uh, or, you know, ripping up the road. Uh, looking for transfers. We'll have you guys all covered on that at ontheponyexpress.com. So be sure to grab a subscription uh, and check us out. Uh, appreciate all you guys who have subscribed to On The Pony Express's YouTube channel as well. Uh, that continues to grow. So please uh, check that out. I will be out this weekend watching more high school football as well as covering uh, SMU's um, basketball game against TCU. The Mustangs do play Wednesday night against Arizona State. And after that abysmal game against uh, Jackson State, uh, I think that could be a rough one for the Mustangs in Moody on Wednesday night. Um, but we'll have your coverage of that one as well. We will also kind of do a, a wrap up on uh, the kind of high school uh, recruiting and where things stand with that entire class. We'll do that later this week on another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. But hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, lots to cover. Check out the site uh, for more names to know in the transfer portal, as well as names you can kind of rule out. If you see one that makes sense, maybe you want to know, hey, do you think SMU is going to go after them? Uh, swing by the site, 
grab a subscription and ask me and I'll uh, get you an answer. So with that, guys, hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I will catch you guys later this week with another edition. So thanks for listening and have a good one.